Aloha and welcome to another Rainbow Wrap-Up. Um, I'm over here just playing a poor rendition of the Redemption song, which I guess, you know, kind of follows the theme of the song and um, the struggle and what kind of struggle we've had as a Rainbow fan base. And um, the two of us, uh, or the three of us in particular, the two that I'm I'm going to bring on, and that's, of course, our brother man, Shane Agno. Lalo head. Aloha, Shane. What's up, Wayne? Sean? Glad to Sheesh. be here. And Sheesh. aloha to our Sean Iman. How's it, Sean? What's up, fellas? What's up, Warrior Nation? Well, this past weekend, Warrior Nation did a great job in supporting a great cause, uh, the Colt Brennan Legacy Fund. And uh, a lot of us um, donated, um, several people, um, a total of over $5,000 donated in total. And that was spearheaded by our own Fuchsia, Yamashiro. And she <laughs> ran. <laughs> shout good out job, Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Uh, you know, she gets yeah, enough Fuchsia. shout outs all over the place. But um <clears throat> She really did a great job in inspiring people through Colt's message and through obviously his memory of what he did on the field, but his struggle off the field. And for me, uh, the song I donated, which Fuchsia added to her playlist, uh, which anybody that donated could add to any song that she would listen to while she ran the Honolulu Marathon. So all 26.2 miles, we donated $26.26. Um, in honor of the marathon and the amount of miles that she'll be running. And Redemption Song was the song that I chose. Uh, so I've been, and then I thought to myself, you know, maybe I should play it and then have her listen to me. And then I was like, never mind, that's way too weird. So, anyways, <laughs> I still did try and practice it. I'm not the best picker, but, um, you know, I feel like, well, we'll have to incorporate this song into the, um, the show at some time um but i end this ukulele playing so i don't keep playing generic music because we're here at rainbow wrap-up um we are trying to establish identity like we said and we appreciate all the the love all the um the new listeners all the new subscribers it's really amazing um please continue to you know support uh by by sharing by liking i mean that that does go, definitely go a long way and we've seen the viralness virality of <laughs> of what some shows can do and we've and you know we have a lot more hot topics coming you know i think being on the pulse which we always are and always just having the desire to know and having that passion that's the what the three of us share so that's what rainbow wrap-up is 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 that alternative? Yes, but I think there's that fan narrative that isn't always maybe talked about, and we, we're never afraid to talk about that. But we also know that, and, and the three of us know, that our media, our administration, our <clears throat> leadership, and the, and the president, the governor, they all have their own agendas, really, and and. Yes, they want the best for the team. I believe so. I think they want the team to be good. I think they want our program to be good, but they don't want our program to be as good as we do. Like we, They don't have those same dreams that we do for our team. And that's why we express the things that we, we do because fans are an underappreciated, in many ways, stakeholder of this, of this program, the Rainbow no. Warrior program. You know who doesn't want us to do good? Lee Cataluna. Oh, <laughs> You know, and the thing about Lee Cataluna, so that's that, that's something that, that's interesting that you brought up. And I'm glad you brought up her name because she is obviously a part of the local discourse. I mean, the, the people you meet at Long's, like the fact that she captured, she captured like something just in that, just in that title of her book, right? And that says like, oh, this woman gets it. Like she gets local people. So if she's speaking for local people right now, and we say we're speaking for local people, that's, we're countering by saying we are what local people are thinking. But I'm not going to discount what she's saying because that lady is, you know, she's she's made her name already. And I think ultimately she is only repeating stuff that we had brought up too when we talked about Ige and we talked about the lack of backlash, right? Like even we said, hey, we are outraged. Sean is outraged and maybe Twitter Nation, Warrior Nation is outraged, but nobody is banging down Ige's door. 
There are literal mm. people on freaking Honolulu Hale front step, though, going toe to toe with Benjiardi um, over other stuff. But nobody's actually challenging Ige except, uh, you know, a few of us. And so we have to be honest with how does Hawaii and this is a, a, the first thing I brought up was Shane and Wayne, April of 2020, when I first started live streaming, it was just me and Shane. And we said, I asked Shane about where does our program just fit into the everyday culture of Hawaii? Like, is it does still have a prominent role? Because growing up, I think Shane, probably more people and, and for Sean, at least your contemporaries, right? Like your classmates in school always knew what was going on with UH, like at least for the most part, right? At least the sports minded people, at least, right? Like people are like, okay, I kind of follow UH. But now I feel like, you know, many decades later, we, it's hard to get people, it's hard to, for it to just be a part of everyday culture, really. I mean, I like we said, some places, the school, I mean, the whole town knows what's going on, even in Boise, like Boise, Idaho. Everybody knows when there's a game, even if they don't watch football. In Hawaii, you don't really know. In L.A., if there's a Chargers game, nobody knows. Even if it's five miles from your house, you couldn't tell because that's culturally where football just doesn't have its place yet in L.A. So I can get that for L.A., but in Hawaii, where is it? Is UH football still have that place? And and I feel like if that's our NFL team, it should kind of have that place, right? It should still have that, um, you know, that cultural connection. So I, I, is Lee Cataluna um, wrong? I don't know. It, it was, you know, the professor that I, that I quoted from my own Facebook post uh, that who also echoed a lot of those things and said before Lee said it publicly that the football team should be disbanded because how many people would make a scene? I mean, what would you do, Sean? If they said right now, they said tomorrow, you know what? It's over. We're closing down the UH football program. What, what would you do? I would be sad, but I would I would get it because this is this is the road we're we're going down. And it's getting I told you this. It's it's getting harder to argue against that. Because the further we go down, there's less and less people like us. The yeah. people that, that really like give a damn about this program. Like if, if you go to Walmart, you and Hawaii's playing in the Hawaii bowl, you could, you could always buy the Hawaii bowl t-shirt. Like right now, this yeah. time of, if you go there, there's, there's no Hawaii bowl t-shirt. Yeah. Not this year. Um, and I think, I think that's part of the problem is we're just, the thing is dwindling. The support yeah. is dwindling. People don't care. And, but what would it's, you do, Sean? What would you do personally? Would you do anything differently? Would you just go about your day? Or would you where? show up at UH? Would you show up? If I told you that I was going to go demand answers at UH or go find and go to the freaking hall, would you go with me? Would you follow me? Pro protesting is not real Hawaiian style. I mean, what uh, I yeah. it's been done <laughs> before. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, done, been done successfully it. within our fan base. I was a part of that. It's Before. true. It's true. But I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of people there. No, but I'm it's, saying, would you do it? Though? I'm not, I know that it's not a part of our and, and there wasn't a lot of people there, but I it guess, was still very I vocal. guess it would. I guess it would depend if I feel like if there's a chance to save it. If they just said close the doors already where it's it's a done deal. Probably not. There's always a chance. So like UAB, like they went out and came back. Yeah, They came back from the dead. Yeah, that's true. But that's also in response to them leaving. Finally, people are like, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. It's so weird. We have no team now. Oh, oh my gosh. All this stuff. And then it started a conversation, sparked one. But I don't even know if it would spark a conversation. If you well, and they had that. donors come out the woodwork that they donated did, to you know? get the program back. Millions of dollars. Yeah. Do, do we have that kind of support? Do like here in Hawaii? It is really I, my I belief. Sure. And this is my belief. That if we had yeah. a true grassroots fan, which they don't because they undervalue the individual everyday fan. But if we, and that's what we, we are cultivating here with our listenership at Rainbow Wrap-Up, a fan base of everyday fans, um, we're not going to judge whether you are super rich or however much money you make. But those kind of, we you know what we mean by the everyday fan who 
who loves the team for the team. And those are the, the fans that if we could fill the stadium and I, I, I really believe that with most sports, with Rainbow Wahine Volleyball, Men's Volleyball, but I bet they could fill 10,000. I bet they could get 10,000 season ticket holders if they worked really hard. Um, and that's what I said. Okay, so this is crazy. This is going to blow your guys' minds, okay? I'm glad I brought up Wahine Volleyball. So I'm in my um, hotel and in the lobby. Um, and this is this past week. I went to Kansas City, Missouri. Some of you guys might have seen. I went to go watch the Chiefs, and my season tickets just destroy the Raiders. Um, <laughs> it's like I said it. Are you ready? And I did. They but, annihilated them. Um, yeah. In any case, um, you know, I'm I'm almost a Missourian already, a Missourian uh, with my all of my trips to Kansas City, seeing my team, the Chiefs. And um, but this time it was interesting. I met a guy that we were just spark conversation. And that's the cool thing when you go to Kansas City, everybody knows it's game day. Everybody know everybody is a chief, fan of the Chiefs. You can easily talk to anybody you need. You know, if you want to, and they don't know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? Or at least, and that's the cool thing. That's the cool thing, right? It's like going to Seattle, right? And being mm-hmm. there on the Friday or something and, and wearing your jersey. It's just like you're, you're part of a culture. And that's the cool thing. When I go to Kansas City and I walk inside um, some of those stores, Rally or some of the Made in KC, the stores I always hit up when I'm there in Kansas City, um, I, I start to get a part of that cultural energy again and like get you know itchy on the pocket and start you know buying things i don't need that's all a part of that culture though right we get invested in it and then we're like oh i want to be a part of it like and then shane it's like what shade of maroon can i make a uh logo into this time you know so some of us you know it's that part of though of the hats or whatever that's that's cultural there's something there's symbolic meaning in that you know and it's like we that's a part of the fan experience and the fan culture that schools don't under undervalue, first of all, because it, they don't see the dollar signs in it. But if they really tried harder, especially with our apparel, especially now that we're going to Adidas, there needs to be something. I mean, first of all, the deals with Adidas about like their whatever those were Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But like, first of all, they were not even good deals. And you can't even get the clothes <laughs> until January. I was like, what? Like Adidas is a massive company. It's like, this is crazy. Like, no, and this is why it's like, there's no excuse. Like, we just let things happen. Like, okay, we're going to switch to Adidas, but we're going to go through this whole process of months. We were we switched to Adidas when? July? August? It was a long time ago, right? Because it was around the time yeah. we had the media day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we switched to Adidas way back then, and we never even have anything ready to go. Still when wait, it was time still to waiting make the call. on that. Number 15 jersey. Exactly. You could have had a number 15 yeah. jersey already. It's all junk. Uh, even the, uh, even the, ugly, the ugly Christmas sweater. Why didn't you guys put it online? You know how many you could have sold? Jeez. I bought mine online. I got that online. Oh, you did? Yeah. The, the This year's one? Yeah, 25% off, boo. Because when I went on, <laughs> never have nothing. So it's yeah, they sold out already. Oh. See, and and you know how just to go back towards what Wayne was saying about culture. uh, When we went to Sugar Bowl, like every place we went was all decked out in LSU stuff. Even the trash bags were purple and yellow. And my my friend that's an LSU fan that that is from Orleans, he goes, yeah, and he took me all over here in Hawaii, you go to one bar and they're not even playing the UH game. You got to say, hey, you guys can turn on the TV to a UH game. Oh, they're playing today. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? so that's another thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't the administration or the school like partner up with some bars yeah. and you know what yeah. I mean? Hook them up yeah. with some free tickets just so that they they're going to sh- make sure they show the game and markets hey come down it's it the only place is always big city diner that's it yeah and it's like oh, there's no diner finer <laughs> like, well, the thing is and that's cool Boy. and that's why i love i because big city diner what i like about there and this is no i'm not you know i i i'm just using them as an example i'm not this is not an ad for them but the fact is that they understand kind of local people they have stuff that are just so mouthwateringly delicious like mm-hmm. fried rice and you think about those kind of signature dishes but it's like something about being local and something like you know they think what is something that's local and i'm a sports bar oh uh football you know that should be mm-hmm. the natural connection it is for them 
And then Sunday is NFL because other people went to NFL. But we need to get that Saturday night back to UH football. And I think mm-hmm. that that's why I'm saying like now, I mean, 9,000 seats, especially at the, the Hawaii Bowl. And that's why they don't they're not even pushing the Hawaii Bowl because they don't need to. It's like technically not their game, but the school should be pushing to fill it with because it's their fans that will be the ones that will be filling it if anybody comes to the game. And it's like, yes, the tickets might be a little pricey and expensive, but that's like legitimately that's college football. And I hope the Hawaii Bowl dresses this up as much as I can. They got to add what? some kind of flair to the stadium, which a lot of bowl games do, but they have to give people some, some entertainment value. But the school has an incentive, in my opinion, even though they're not the Hawaii Bowl and they're not the ones putting the game on to help to advertise and bring people to this game. It's only 9,000 seats in the whole freaking stadium. I mean, <laughs> come on now. What are you saying? A, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough sell though. You know, it's like Chris, it's Christmas Eve and. Done before Sean Christmas know, Eve done before Sean, literally of, done since 1987 or whenever the freaking Jeep Eagle Hawaii bore, whatever the freak we had back in the day, Aloha bowl. So we we had Christmas Eve bowl, Sean. Like we don't need any more excuses from people. Like there's nine thousand seats and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I flew to freaking Dallas, Texas, and spent my Christmas Eve with some, you know. And there are Hawaii fans there as well in Dallas on our whole Christmas. Eve. So there are people that will travel because why wouldn't you want to spend? Like and I'm not saying let's get away in Hawaii. We we have a very sacred tradition and i and i do hold a sacred about you know that my grandmother's gone it's maybe it's lost a little bit of its flair to me too because now it's like especially with the pandemic we can't be with our family all the time we can't do all these things so it's like uh, and before too i remember like the maui maui invitational like oh my gosh thanksgiving and you guys spend it in maui first of all that's amazing but i'm thinking like all these these teams that fly to fall with all their team and the sacrifice but i'm like no that's amazing that you get to be with your team and you know, watch your team play. And then I watch UH on Thanksgiving, play University of Utah basketball, that Cal State Fullerton tournament, um, men's basketball. I saw Kyle Kuzma there as well, took a picture with him. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I had fun going and supporting UH on Thanksgiving. That's a Thanksgiving for me that was memorable. Like, you know, I didn't see, I obviously didn't have the family thing because I was in California. So um, where the tournament was, but I, it was still like memorable to me too. And there is a kind of, it's cool to be on a holiday supporting your team for some reason. But um, back to what I'm saying, Sean, though, that is something that has been dealt with before. But we're, we're at 9,000 seats. Now we have food now, right? Because that was another thing we couldn't have before. The food, no food. But this is if this is going to be a, if we cannot get 9,000 on Christmas Eve. And, I'm, and I don't think we will. We're probably probably yeah. going to get less. And what is it going to do? How does this jumpstart us into next year? Like, I don't see how we'll naturally just go into, like, the school doesn't know how to even attract new fans. And they don't really care, really. So when they put in the, they open up the stadium more, add 6,000 seats to make it even more alumino boxy. Um, I, the fans, I don't see any more fans coming. If they're smart, like I said, the campaign would be to sell season tickets. Like, that should be the campaign. So hopefully with um, Rainbow Rapper, like we said, we're sitting we're sitting together at the Hawaii Bowl section 160. We can make that maybe a place for football games, and that can be somewhere where we always sit. And I would love to, um, you know, have something where with Hawaii sports fans and Rainbow Wrap Up, where we have a section like how I'm trying to do with all these NFL stadiums at Hawaii sports fans at hisportsfans.com. Um, go and check us out, join the mailing list. But you know, when I go to these NFL stadiums like Kansas City and here, even with the Rams, um, and the Rams they really messed up their own culture when they left, left LA and then the Raiders took like really took so much of the fan base. Um, I mean that the Rams kind of had like the whiter orange County fan base and the Raiders really got like that. Um, mm. The color, the, you know, fans of color that in especially Oakland. Mexicans and, you know, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the ones in LA, they really attached to that Raiders culture and like my whole, so the chiefs um, played the Raiders. Um, they, annihilated them 48 to nine uh, if anybody i was there for the game and honestly things were happening so fast i was using the bathroom was like touchdown oh they're gonna touchdown but it was just like the raider fans i i respect the culture and even when i went to allegiant and the raiders and uh, chiefs annihilated the raiders there as well um <laughs> at 41 to was it 10 or 14 whatever the score was there um 
I appreciated the Raiders that were like in my row that wouldn't leave Raider fans. And even though I have to hear the Raiders saying, even before the game, it's more, and then they get quieter as you, as you destroy them, then they get quieter, but they don't ever really get quiet. And on the plane ride back from Kansas city to LA, particularly of course, where a lot of Raider fans were coming, traveling to Kansas city. Um, then the back, they were like the Raiders Raiders and, that's a fun thing for them. You know, whether they win or lose, it's fun for them to say that. And it's annoying for the rest of us who are not Raiders fans, but it's fun to go on the road and be like Raiders and have someone say it back to you. Just like say C and Hawks, right? It's like fun to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, <laughs> um, so like LAFC people, right? Since I'm very deep into my team, LAFC culture, um, when I see another LAFC person and I think that they're also like a supporter group person, I'll say, um, <laughs> I can't, well, I can't even say, I don't even want to say the word, but it's like F the galaxy, chick, chick, clap, clap, clap. It's one of our, one of our cheers. Wow. It's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, that's not a way I could say anything like, Oh, Dale black and gold or something. But I'm always like, mm, the galaxy. And they're always like, eh. yeah. Anyway, because there's a cheer, right? Eh, like, sorry to the Galaxy fans. You know, I love you guys as well. But it's a great rivalry because it's a great culture. And and LA Galaxy, even though I'm not a fan of them at all, um, I do want them to be relevant, just like every LA team, because it makes everybody else relevant. So, mm-hmm. but that's a part of that culture thing. So in Hawaii, when you're by yourself out here, it'll be nice if we had another team, honestly, another college and another college team, something that could um, compete um, with the team. <clears throat> like West Oahu or something. I, I wouldn't be down for that. I think, I think that we have enough people that like football still the game and, and, you know, we, we can incorporate stuff into in college football. The future is going to have gaming and that's scary. And I hope not, but um, because of the potential to fix games, which is what gaming if, is what mm-hmm. gambling particularly, maybe not gaming, like fantasy or gaming, but gambling um gaming in that in that respect can affect the game but that's a part of the nfl culture that is so much bigger now especially like i said with gen z kids maybe not with boomers maybe not as much with gen xers and but still with gen xers um as well but now with like the newer generation like that's a part of their thing right fantasy and like gambling and um because you can do it so easily from apps right it's a part of already worked their way into how they function as kids um, or 20 year olds or 25 year olds, you know, so that's a part that's the NFL is leveraging that right they're not like, oh, we're not going to act like now they're like we're going to Las Vegas now, and announced today we're even putting the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, I mean we're all in right. now. Um, so with that announcement obviously Hawaii sports fans already been to six of the last seven Super Bowls that's right six Super Bowl 49 Super Bowl 50 52 53 54. Um, 55 is, and then last year, I don't want to remember that game. That was the most painful <laughs> of all the games. The most, con- the most, uh, the most, su- the most shocking of all the games, uh, is a game I don't have to remind you two of was obviously 49 Seahawks Patriots, yeah. uh, Super Bowl 50. That was memorable. That was Peyton Manning riding off into the sunset. Von Miller was MVP. That was a game that we held, that was held at a Levi stadium. My group that I took, we went to Napa, went to, Sonoma, so I like to do fun stuff like that with them. Uh, 51, I actually didn't even go into. And that was a game that the, that was a 28 to 3 game. And I went on a plane in overtime. So I actually never saw the end because I was like, whatever, this game's over. The Falcons are going to win, anyways. So I left Houston because wow. okay. I didn't have a group that year. Um, and I, then I was like, well, whatever. It was a it was a nice pipe dream, Wayne. You have to go to two Super Bowls. Maybe you'll never go to any again. But then of course I went to 52. And which was in Minnesota. And I, we had a group that stayed right on the Minnesota Wyoming border it was negative 20 wind chill, snow, Woo. super high, thick ice. It was the whole river was frozen over. You could, people were driving their cars on there and we were buying girl scout cookies on the side of the road. I remember. And I was sliding my minivan and parking lots. So I was like a very interesting time, but that's the kind of adventures that I go on, you know? And you know, that was right on the border, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like we ate in Wisconsin and we stayed in Minnesota. And, you know, that was 52. I, I personally, I went to go see, I went to Paisley Park, the home of Prince. Um, and I got to, you know, see the doves and his piano and his hat on his piano. And that was, you know, part of the artsy part that I got, that like to add on to my tours. And 53, I went to Atlanta, Georgia. We did a day in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I ate like 
catfish and other fish that came from I've never even heard of that came from the swamp. And then I got sick over it, but that was my fault. But I wanted wow. to try everything. And then, you know, ate some good barbecue as well in, in Athens and got to see the the dog pound or the pound in University of Georgia. And and then I was wearing my Todd Gurley jersey at the time because I was Super Bowl 53, the Rams and the Patriots, which was a sad game. This Patriot, the Rams didn't score any touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff was still the quarterback, obviously. But, you know, Cooper Cup didn't play in that game. And obviously it was still a sad game um, for it was a throwback it was a, game. It was a, yeah, it was just a, what a weird game, but. Yeah. That was a cool to be in the Atlanta stadium. And I just remember seeing the Oculus for the first time there, their roof, which is really, really ridiculous. It's really cool to look at. It's definitely an architectural wonder. Um, and then 54, obviously my, my, the best game of all time for me is seeing the chiefs win. I mean, that was something I told my friend who I took to Kansas city with me this past week, Dylan, I told him in my lifetime, I didn't expect the chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I just didn't think it was going to happen. Honestly, I just, that's what I'm saying. It's weird now to like be a team that not only is good, but people like hate on. Like, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like people at first used to be like, nobody cares about that team. Why do you like them? Like now people are like, oh yeah, now you like them. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, I get it now. And it's definitely, you know, caused me to be more of a fan, but winning the Super Bowl was uh, amazing. And then losing it the next year to the Brady, maybe just hate Brady, but more, but no, I mean, it definitely, it, it was cool to be there too, to see that happen. But 57, I believe, or is it 58 is going to be at uh, Allegiant stadium in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll definitely be there. But if you join our mailing list, you can email info, info at H I sportsfans.com or just go to H or, you know, you'll find the info for us, but, you know, just connect. Cause we want to, like we said, build that, that listenership that also likes to travel and go on these great adventures that we've been doing. I've been doing for 10 years already. People have taken them across the world. We went to Australia, New Zealand, and over Michigan, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Washington, DC, I went to everywhere. And, and the adventures are only going to get bigger. And I have a lot of international events on, on, you know, tap as well, but you know, that is, the culture that I, I enjoy and, and with Hawaii sports fans, I think that we have created a culture that um, and, and with this podcast, now we are starting to, to see the people that are more invested are than the average people like us. And we just need to recruit more. Right. I think we do. We're finding people on Twitter. We're seeing people who are emailing us. So we know that there are people just like us who are invested and they got their super, they're bleeding green and they got their heart right way into it. So this is also a gathering place, you know, in a way that I don't think the school provides because we talked about this last week and Sean talked about why Nicole makes him uncomfortable in ways. And this is not something against Nicole. It's just um, the perception when you, when you look at the culture outside in, And I think it's pretty accurate. Obviously, not everybody. We love the people like, you know, Joyce Lau, obviously, one of our very, very favorites who worked for um, Nicole and was one of, you know, their outreach people and a major support staff still for the athletic department. She's one of our absolute favorites, Joyce Lau. And so, you know, people like her who work tirelessly for the organization, Jennifer Smythe, and, you know, mm-hmm. are people that uh, we know love the program passionately as fans as well. But I think that that, that, and my friend, like I said, my classmate at Kamehameha, Beth Nakamura, she, her grandfather is one of the founding members of Nicole as well. And I know that these people are, are all rooted in passion. They're all rooted in Hawaii being a part of them. But I think at a certain point, just like our school, just like college football in general, we've detached ourselves from the everyday fan. And that's what we're trying to bring back. And the reason is obviously corporate donors and the kind of money that we couldn't compete with the three of us, even adding all our assets <laughs> together, wouldn't be able to compete with some of these people's <laughs> donations, let alone sure. their whole net worth, their whole freaking one-time donations, people making like, you know, a million kind donations a year and, you know, salute to them, you know, but the fact that college football is like that also says something. Um, and we're going to get into recruiting and we're going to talk about uh, Hawaii recruiting, but, I wanted to bring up the Deion Sanders thing as well. Um, the Deion Sanders, I call it Deion Sanders thing, but it's actually the Travis. Sorry, what was his last? Hunter, I believe. He was the number one college, five, number one five high school recruit. recruit, five star recruit, and he turned down power five schools. Florida to to State. Florida State included. The yeah. alma mater of Deion Sanders, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he turned them down to go and play for Deion Sanders at Jackson State in Mississippi. And I think it's great for HBCUs. I'm, I'm, I'm here for HBCUs finally being empowered for, for black people, for black kids to take back the power themselves. And, you know, because they're, they've, their images, their likeness, their bodies have been exploited for so long. And, um, way before a lot of these kids will never make the pros and never really get to make that money, which is awesome. Obviously when you make it there, you know, uh, but not everybody's going to get that. And, and, and the colleges, like we said, their budgets are so exploited are so freaking huge. Their coaches are making so much. We already talked about Liberty and their coach, Hugh freeze making 4 million a year. Now they took yeah. day day from us too, as well. Who's it's making crazy. Shaka in his picture. Real Shaka. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. You know, can't make Shaka. No, no, no. You can still make Shaka. <laughs> You got to tell what he went to UH though. But um, no, I, I, oh, that data is another thing. I just, I'm sad to see him go to because he's I just, mm-hmm. he had such a breakout year and he's a really powerful runner too. Um, but, you know, those are the things that uh, we, we have to call out and the media isn't doing it. We are going to do it. And that's what we talk about here at Rainbow Wrap Up because our school is affected by it. Like, uh, Deion Sanders makes $300,000 a year with incentives if he sells season tickets. And those are incentives I can sit behind. Going mm. to bowl games that were created and you're still going to get that $20,000 loophole, that's kind of incentive. I'm like, really? Are we still having those built into contracts? Let's talk about performance incentives that really have long-lasting effects. Is mm-hmm. going to a bowl game really something directly tied? Like, I think we got to really look at stuff like that. Um, but anyways, Deion Sanders was able to lure this kid on what, right? Selling him on uh, probably playing for Deion Sanders, which is a cool thing, but not everything, but also the fact that he can take back the power for himself and Mm -hmm. he, what other power five schools will exploit instead. So So core of FSU fans are burning Sanders jerseys. Oh my God. Well, that's for all their things. Those are the people that already like have a problem with Deion Sanders. But Deion Sanders is one of the greatest players of all time, oh, obviously. Yeah. And a guy that we'll always compare to. We'll always say, wow, Deion this, Deion that. I mean, we've never seen a player like him. I mean, it's just so crazy. He just stands alone, really. Um, so, but, like, and, But if you're good um, enough, the NFL will come and find exactly, you. Exactly, and, exactly. And you you should just go where you're yes. the most comfortable. Yes. And like who where, where you feel like you fit in. Well, I talked about this with John or John or Sua. And we talked about when he brought him on the show. But when I talked to his brother, when John was still in high school and I know his older brother, I was like, really? Because BYU was a solid option for him, obviously, being Mormon and 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 being living in Utah. But I was in Hawaii could not only use him, but also put him in a position to be effective and get noticed by scouts because he, you know, the Cooper Cup went to Eastern Washington. I mean, like. Come on, right. like this is it doesn't matter where you go, you know, it just matters how you put yourself on tape, how you can audition for the NFL best. And you can do that really from anywhere. People on the division two, I mean, who all these guys, right? We don't even Austin Eckler, all these guys that we barely taught, we we are everyday names in the NFL. A lot of them are not not par five guys. Some we have division two guys. So I think that that's something that kids who do are think are thinking about the nfl that's the thing they think about also need to think about the fact that not every college power five school is going to give them the best shot and that's why we see a lot of kids entering the transfer portal right like i that makes sense to me when you can't get playing time and the writing's on the wall okay i'm gonna go find maybe a lower tier school that i can make my way up to the depth charge right if you are in nebraska oklahoma if you know alabama is recording you know recruiting you just like you know in men's volleyball ucla when i was playing at least you know ucla even before you know fred robbins time all those times and those guys that used to be on uh ucla used to just like recruit like 30 volleyball players you can only have six on the court at one time but they would just have all these guys in the program and give them scholarships too um and uh, find ways to keep them on the roster so that they would never have to play against them you know what i mean so it's like now other school guys are getting smart. Like finally, I'm not going to go sit in fourth string when I could be starting in another MPSF <laughs> big West school. I could play somewhere else. And that's like in football and men's basketball. That's why you see so much parody too. Kids are like, I can go anywhere. So I think it's great for HBCUs, but talking to bring this back to the Hawaii conversation. Do you think anybody could ever, we could ever get anyone from, cause like Deion Sanders, 
is it's I don't he never played for Jackson State. I don't think he has any personal family connection, but clearly he's black and he believes in black empowerment and he wants to do better for his community, for his race, for the people that um, look up to him and for the people that from the place that he came from. And I, I love this statement by him and like shocking the football world. Do you think there's anybody that we could ever hire? I feel like June Jones has been the closest that we could, but anybody else we could hire that could ever come to this close of notoriety or to, to do what this, to, to do what Deion Sanders was able to do and, 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 and be a logical fit at UH. Steal a number one recruit in the nation. Or maybe? just something, make a splash, even as a coach, like oh. a big time guy like that, oh. but that would be a natural fit at UH and would maybe potentially come to UH. Do you think there's anybody that even exists like that? Hmm. <laughs> I don't I don't know man we don't yeah we don't we don't really have like a Deion Sanders like a Hall of Fame player I mean is our old coach I mean, I'm feeling like some of these you know one of some of these coaches what if Urban Meyer came to Hawaii? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yeah he needs a job <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you know like the major names it's like when like Larry Brown, remember, like Larry Brown coached at, I was it UTEP or something? You, uh, he went to Sixers as they went to the made the run to the finals, and then I think it was Larry Brown, right? And he he was coaching at like UTEP or um. Oh right, yeah, he was at UTEP. Yeah, yeah UTEP, and then he was yeah. like, I mean, and they, they were like starting to get major recruits there. You know, it's like it's true, yeah. You know, I think not to say that that needs to happen, but if Hawaii did go down a path, because there was a time when Kobe Bryant's dad was seriously in consideration for the UH men's basketball job. And Kobe even made Kobe even tweeted about it or made a statement that um, they would be getting a lot of Nike gear. That's for sure. Remember he said that when they were like, Oh, your dad's up. Joe belly uh, jelly bean. Brian is up for the Hawaii basketball job. And I think that was when Gibb got the job. Um, but I think like just that notoriety alone, like that's something a school could sh- could be sold on. Obviously, Jackson State was like, we're all in. Like, did Deion Sanders have to break, give them a playbook? I doubt that. Did Deion Sanders need to, you know, give him a list of all these coaches? No. He was like, I'm Deion Sanders. Do you want me as your coach? Do you want this? Because that's what we're talking about. Deion Sanders knows how to brand himself. He knows how to market himself. He knows what makes himself valuable. He knows what's proprietary about himself. That's what he's bringing to Jackson State. Um, and that's, that's I love that. You know, that's that's amazing. So hopefully somebody like that, maybe a native Hawaiian, maybe Tua or somebody later on after their playing career, Marcus or, you know, any of the our, our, our great players will come back after a great NFL career and want to establish that. But I'm hoping... And to segue that in, segue that in somehow into our recruiting um, today, that we still have that strong local um, connection to Hawaii football. We're going to talk about two. I'm going to first reference our last two shows, which we talked about the Twitter episode, <clears throat> which, as we know, our media has been basically and, and the school sweeping under the rug, which we're not surprised by. We said it was going to happen. Uh, nonetheless, and to coach Graham's credit and the school's credit our recruiting signees, at least don't look too bad, even at the Hawaii level, right? We were worried about not having that Hawaii connection, but we had a bunch of St. Louis boys and that looks good, but we didn't get one St. Louis boy that we thought was going to sign. And that was AJ Bianco. And we talked about him being on that Twitter episode that twitter space in which he heard he heard disparaging things said by other local boys about the current coaching staff so that absolutely had something to do with the fact for sure we're not gonna and and that that was alluded to i believe in the k2n story or steven saya had alluded to it in his article that that definitely had some sway for bianco uh, but what are your initial thoughts, Shane, when you heard that he didn't sign? What, what's the first thing you thought? Oh man, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of heartbroken because I, I, I really like this kid, man. I, I, I like his skill set. I like his size. Um, 
his his deep balls are a lot more like better touch more more tight spiral than Cordero um and just the fact that he doesn't <coughs> sign now and just says that he's gonna wait till February and in the back of my mind I'm saying he's gone already he's not yeah. going like and then he said oh he wants to just you know concentrate on the skate and and like be 100% sure before he fully commits it's like yeah but if you just got it over with now then you can completely just concentrate on you know the the playoffs the the high school playoffs I'm like oh man and the fact that um we talked about this earlier off off air, but the fact that he works out with the Corderos and is yeah. uh, is close with the family, uh, that's that's not uh, that's not making me feel any more positive about him becoming a warrior. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was it, it, on the other end of the spectrum. I'm I'm shocked that Kona Moore and Ethan Spencer signed today. I, I didn't think we we're gonna get any local kids after that Twitter space episode. <laughs> so uh, I mean that that's true. That's totally yeah, true. Yeah. So I, it, I thought the same it, thing too. Yeah. So I mean I know they ranked our, our recruiting class 11th out of 12 Mountain West teams. But um nothing new. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing <laughs> new. And it, you know it like you say you can be good on paper. You can be three star you can be two star but yep. hey when the lights are on and you're on the field and you're a game, you're a gamer, then hey, you know. So who knows? We might have the best recruits in yeah. the nation. Yeah. Just so, and, and it's funny too how they uh, interviewed. I think it was Mike Malakai Finao and how mm-hmm. he, when I heard his interview about how well, he he thinks he needs that. The, the discipline from coaches. <laughs> so you, he threw that in, like, oh, my oh my god! Like I know. It. I feel like you it's I mean? almost starting a you against the us against them thing. And I'm gonna quickly interrupt with the Leonard Lee thing. We brought we Renfitz his name mm-hmm. on that show. He's uh mm-hmm. back back up. I think redshirt was he, and he was walk on um DB. But mm-hmm. he he tweeted that he was kicked off the team for speaking out. So. I if that's true, that's really sad. And I think that needs to be out there and said that he tweeted that out because the media, I don't think, is going to touch that. And I don't know if they did. But if that is the culture at UH, and he said, I think a lot of his subtweets, he talked about um, the fact that a lot of local boys weren't going to be playing there anymore. Uh, we're still seeing local boys sign. So it, it we'll have to see. Like we said, like Coach Graham clearly has ruffled feathers and um, has issues that, that he will even acknowledge that things that maybe he does that are differently, but different, but clearly nothing to the level and not to the school or the media is going to make a big deal of it. Um, Cause we're going well, forward. Can I, can I jump in? Yeah, like, no, for I was, sure. I was, jump in. I was, I was hopeful, you know, when I thought, you know, for sure, once Bianca was in that Twitter space, I'm like, he's gone. He's out, you know, He's, he's not going to go to UH. So just the fact that he's still kind of like, he took the picture with their jersey on and he still said, you know, you still consider us a, a recruit. So I, I just feel like he he's kind of giving UH the opportunity to, to address some of the issues that were brought up. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, um, yeah, like maybe if things improve, I'll, I'll follow through with my commitment. So it's, it's kind of like a definitely maybe. So I was I was kind of optimistic. I'm I'm glad that we were still on his radar. So well, I was like, optimistic before. Okay, keep going. Yeah, keep and um, also too, like you know, just props to UH coaches for all their hard work recruiting these guys. Like there has never been a harder time to recruit to this school oh, yeah. than right now. Right now, with the stadium issues, with you know what this program faced with COVID, with what happened on the Twitter space. There's so much, and I'm just appreciative of all their hard work and for them going in, establishing those relationships, and for getting this group of players. So, like, I'm, I'm thankful for that, and mahalo for coming to Hawaii. 
yeah, so mahalo to all those who are choosing to come. Um, for the staff, like we said, great job. But at the same time, I hope you're addressing the stuff. There are issues. If, it, if yeah. it's there, it, it, this looks right. good, like we said on paper. No, it doesn't mean anything to us. So you, you, they, don't, they don't get a free pass over the stuff that we know that the kids have said about them. Um, yeah. And they need to improve on that. But at the same time, we're, we're seeing now that, hey, there are still local kids interested in UH. And there are still people that definitely have heard about this Twitter space thing and are still inking their names. So um, and we're going to go but, over some of the names and there but, are but also, they're like, like if we, if we read between the lines too, in the recruiting, most of them are defensive guys, you know, that we did, re- that did sign with us today. No, I'm not disrupt- sure, but I mean, still, they, they still, they had, they heard the, you know, the defensive player. I mean, Kai made comments. We heard his comments on the show, a right. DB. And that's like, and then coach specifically talked about the need for DBs and like the need to make separation. And, um, you know, and that's was like targeted people like Kai who left, you know? And so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that we, that that's a, it is still surprising that people did and we did get some good guys and we'll talk about some of those guys. I think for me, I was optimistic that, um, and I talked to, you know, to the, I had heard directly from the Grams as well that, the dinner, of course, they they thought it was very optimistic, and that, why wouldn't they? But I, I I definitely felt that they had a good dinner with him. But I know there are fans that that are laughing about it because they, you know, first of all, we know that people are they were spotted out at dinner, um, and that was kind of like uh, I guess AJ's uh, recruiting mm. trip. Uh, but I, I was optimistic that he was actually going to sign. And it, it is because he was also, you know, more outspoken about it. And, and like, there was getting so much press about it. So the fact that he doesn't sign is worrying to me. And the fact, and the thing is like, he knows he has another high school game, so he could put on more of a show and get more mm-hmm. eyes. And, um, you know, with Shevin leaving, it's definitely put a mark on there. So I I am I like I said I'm more optimistic with the fact that we did have Hawaii boys commit that were from St. Louis that were good they're good players too you know it's like and you know and we're gonna talk about like I said a few more of these guys but that that's the biggest part we're local boys ourselves who want to see other local boys come to this program and local people be a, a important part of this program always those jokes mm-hmm. about Hawaii being the University of Texas Manor or whatever like we already made jokes of the UCF in Honolulu and everything, you know, like we already are used to that people poaching, but don't change the whole way. Don't poach our whole program from us and change it. Like that's not, we, this is our team first, always Hawaii's team first and should always reflect Hawaii. We'll never reflect anywhere else. Could it have all players from Texas on it and still reflect Hawaii? Yes, I believe so. I, that would mm-hmm. be very hard to do because I still think there needs to be a significant chunk of people from, and that, and that's not where we're at. That, that's crazy. That's like people who are like America socialists. Like we're so far from socialists. It's not even funny, but people are like, we have one policy that seems radically not even and at all. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not saying we need to have all Texas people or we're even at that, or even our coach Graham is so clearly biased towards anybody. Like that's not true at all. Absolutely not true. Cause coaches open-minded to players from all over the place. Does he know Texas? Yes. Is he probably going to um, lean on his what he knows from Texas football? Probably because that's what he knows. But he should always, always, always have Hawaii culture and our history and how we are unique at the forefront of, of even how he coaches his, the, his coaching style and the way he communicates with his players and the way that he invites them to his house, you know, so. You know, I, I I also think that uh you know people are are very, um you know afraid obviously like we talked about of challenging the culture. So we all we all we can do here is just hope for the best. Anyways, every every recruiting. So it, to me, like we need to go back and see who who has grown, who has left, why? Because we have guys from both from several different coaching you know trees that have been recruiting to this program that are now departing and that that that's still the ultimate reason right why shevin left if there's no reason evan it's just something and and if these guys (laughs) left i mean we're gonna see him now at san jose i mean it's worse now that he went to san jose it's worse it's definitely that that, you know like him wrapped in the hawaiian flag in his san jose state jersey it just makes me want to puke man it's just gross so it's sad it's sad (laughs) 
it's sad more than anything. And the thing is, like, obviously, if it's a personal thing, which you have to admit, it probably could be personal. It's like I was a starting quarterback and you got me to leave. Like, there has to be something personal with the Grams, in my opinion. I'm not saying I'm not trying to start something and I don't know if there's anything. But well, yeah. And for him, if you're going to go, go there, to a, a rival. Yeah, you're going to go to yeah. one. Literally, San Jose is like a, a, a rival of the school, maybe our official rival, but absolutely a conference rival. And. That is crazy, especially when he's still in his prime, still getting better as a quarterback. And I think San Jose, the way that they've been using their quarterbacks, they could they could really turn Chevin some numbers too. Oh, yeah. Get him, get him also Heisman looks like how they did with their other quarterback. You know, if, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what their other I'm not saying that he is going to be a Heisman. I'm just saying that's the kind of hype train they have at San Jose. San Jose State Spartans, first of all, I respect that program because they know who they are. During Black Lives Matter, they were very, 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 very outspoken about who they, what position they were on. Whether you like it or not, they know who they are. And that's why I'm saying that programs need to have that face. It, it always makes me go back to remember that, like that cover on Sports Illustrated, right? The Why Aren't You Here? Like mm-hmm. uh, when Sports Illustrated had that cover of the UH athletes, like being coming, like, why aren't more people coming to UH? That was the article, right? And it's so true. It's like we have the beauty and the beach and people think it's overstated, but you really can't overstate it. Like not other many places in the world are like that at all. Zip zero, not even, not even California, not even San Diego is Lead like with that, yep. you know, which is something that is, you know, cause kids go everywhere. All kids always leave home to go to school, you know, for most parts, if they're going to leave, whether they go 500 miles or 5,000 miles, you know, they'll, there, it, it, it's an experience. And I went to college 5,000 miles from home and that was an experience, but I also knew that that was a time in my life where I, I, I didn't need to be close. I, I kind of wanted to establish an identity of my own. So uh, what a better place for people that aren't from Hawaii to learn about being from Hawaii and, and, and adopting who we are. And we've seen that so much, right? Even the guys that left, we always talked about guys like data and the other guys, like they always talk high about Hawaii on the way out. And that should be always what we lead with. And, is Coach Graham embracing that right away? I don't know. I, I, I don't think he is. And is that something that he could get away with? And, and and I know that his wife even told me that it feels inauthentic sometimes for them. And and I get it. I get that as well, right? If you have like a, especially if you have a, a, a Southern twang and you're trying to pull off Aloha mm. or whatever or something like, I, I understand. Like, it's like he's, they, they're like, we don't really know this. So um you can eat a musubi, which I won't get into that. We <laughs> talked about this. Eat a spam musubi now. But um, I I really need coach to do that. But now I now I want to eat a spam musubi. Dang, I shouldn't have brought that up. I am hungry for one. Anyways, um, no, you, you see what I mean? Like, that's important to us because we know that our it's important to our program. Because if it's important to our program, it goes back to people saying it's important to us now as Hawaii, as a collective. And it, it silences people like Lee Cataluna, who um, Shane brought up, right? We're tying everything together because that's the, the part. The culture is tied into how the rest of the community, um, if they don't practice well, the culture yeah, anymore. She, especially, she, didn't write, you know, she didn't write that article when we went to the Sugar Bowl. No, for sure. And she wouldn't, right? She probably wrote the opposite <laughs> about how Hawaii football is the best thing ever, you know? So... I think it's I think it matches the vibe, though. She's not off. She's not off the pulse. I think she's on pulse. But I I, as for me, someone who uh, and like you guys who are are super into UH football, we um, we need to also adjust our perspective sometimes. And we have and we're trying to be objective. But at the same time, I still believe in this program. I still believe in the merits of having a division one program that. Um, a program a community can be built around as well and that could be a very inclusive which is most important when you're building community and that just requires special vision i just don't know if we have that vision at, at any level of leadership in hawaii really for division one football and i think that's really really the hardest part of of growing this program it has nothing to do with in my opinion like the pandemic made things worse yes aloha stadium closing made things worse yes but that's also symptoms of the fact that we were never in a, we were always in a very precarious state and have been at least since the Pro Bowl, since the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. era. So, um, but I will go over some of these guys that I thought were kind of impressive. I like this Noah Kema kid that went from Kansas. I think that's pretty cool. And he seems really excited. Those are the kind of kids that we need too. 
kids who grow up in the mainland that grow up around like Mexican kids and black kids and white kids and, you know, Asian kids. And they're like, man, where are the other Hawaiians? I want to like experience being Hawaiian. Cause I hear and this kid, like his interview talking about his grandparents, how he gets to play for them for the first time. Like that's, that's the kind of kid. So I'm, that's the kind of kid we need. So coach clearly is embracing that. So bringing kids in like that. Um, any other names stand out to you guys that I thought, I thought the, the, the Cal kid, um, yeah, him. he was, sounds really like he, he, uh, understands like if he, he sounded like he took a very nuanced approach to how he would choose. Cause he basically graduated from Berkeley and mm-hmm. has that extra year. So it's kind of a bonus year. Kind of. A, I had that after college as well. and ended up not using it, but it's cool. Cause when you go to grad school, you can play that extra year and a grad school and, and kind of start again. And I think he saw that he could be, he could help. Right. And coach said, right. We need these DBs right away. Like I'm sure Absolutely. coach Graham guaranteed him a starting job. Basically. It's like, you started at Cal. I don't know the, he started three games, I guess, this year at Cal. Mm-hmm. I don't know the reasons. I don't know if he earned his way up there or there were injuries or COVID that got him to starts. Of course, he's going to not, nobody ever needs to know, right? As long as you say I had three starts. Um, but that that's good that he had that experience that he just got to wear that uniform being a Pac-12 um, game. And that is huge for us. And we've had guys like Abu Mafala who came from Cal and, mm. uh, you know, so we've had that connection with Cal. Um, wasn't um, the kind from there too, um, to Fiti Uso. Did he go to the Cal or did he go somewhere else? Wasn't Uso was BYU, wasn't he? Was he, was he at BYU? He possibly yeah. BYU. We had some guys that transferred back. So that's another thing. I don't know if we had, did we have guys? Transfer? We did have some guys that, but there weren't Hawaiians that just, he was Juco, that kid. But we didn't, and this junior Ta'ase, oh, he was from Ta'ase. Melbourne, but he went to um, high school in California, right? Which is cool that we have these five kids, right? Who are seniors in high school. That is kind of yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's good. And College of the Canyon, so we're still getting guys that are actually, you know, <laughs> no, same pipelines, you know? Yeah. So, and and uh, definitely the Malachi Finale is a high. Malachi Finale, St. Bosco, St. John Bosco, I went to their stadium reopening game when they played Milani. I always tell the story. They played Dylan Gabriel was a quarterback. And that was two years ago. They played um, at their new stadium. And Jane, St. John Bosco was number one or were number one in the country. They modern day. They, number they one, whooped but, us, didn't they? But um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Milani scored first. Um, which was cool, and I was cheering. That was the hardest I ever probably cheered for the Trojans. It's funny because it was so <laughs> cool to see, um, you know, just being in that stadium. So that I know that that, that history, that that football program, especially not just in California, but within the whole nation. So that is big, um, for him to come from there. So I mean, he, Coach Graham is getting the guys. Is he gonna make do on on his promises that he's gonna change things? We hope so. We're we're saying that we hope so. But mm-hmm. it's okay that we be skeptical because we don't know because there's always things always get shoved under. I don't like the fact that Shevin gone. I'm going to get over it, obviously. But if this kid, Leonard Lee, got kicked off the team for speaking out, that's not good either, especially if he doesn't like how local players are being treated. And we need to be cognizant of those things because local players, not that they are different from any of the players or we elevate them, but we understand them best. We understand this is our program. And, they're the ones who are introducing their teammates to places like, like Shevin introducing um, Calvin to Helena's um, Hawaiian food or something. You know, these are the kids, the local kids are the ones that are introducing culture. Obviously coach Graham is not going to do it and neither most of his staff. So we need <laughs> to have a local contingent on the team, especially when we have leaders like the captain who was local. And that's another thing that we're losing too. Yeah. So, um, but no, I think, um, this was a good show. We were able to identify a lot of uh, some positives, a lot of positives, you know, <laughs> a lots of positives. And yeah, what other positives, um, Sean Iman, do you want to? So, yeah, looking there? forward to Memphis. I think they, mm-hmm. yes, their, talk best, about that. their best, their best player. What is it? He opted out, right? For Memphis. Oh, okay. Really? I didn't see yeah, that. He, okay. Yeah. He opted out. He doesn't want to get hurt before the draft. And then I think their defensive coordinator, isn't gonna be there because he, he took a head coaching job, yeah, yeah Florida international or something like that. So what I'm telling you is get chance, get chance, get chance, <laughs> absolutely get chance, and that's a cool storyline with the quarterbacks. Our or Brendan Shager, Braden Shager, who will be our quarterback, obviously with yeah. Shevin gone, 
going up against a guy he played in high school in Texas, who is also a true freshman at Memphis. So that's kind of a cool storyline. And I, I always like the, um, <clears throat> the familiarity. I think it always helps to neutralize teams because it's like the Shamanad versus Virginia, like how Shamanad had right. guys on their team that were like from the East coast. So they weren't like intimidated by Virginia, which was something that helped them beat Virginia in basketball. It was like okay. not being intimidated. So I don't think Braden will be intimidated. He beat him, I guess, in high school before. So it's, I think he'll be confident stepping on that field and, you know, it'll be our field. And that's why, like we said before, Hawaii needs the school, even though it's the Hawaii bowl using TC Ching field for their game. Hawaii has an incentive, the state of Hawaii as well, to promote this game and to sell it out. And it shouldn't be hard. 9,000 seats to sell out. And COVID even, whatever. Don't, there shouldn't be hard. Yeah. Even on, on Christmas Eve. We've done it before. <laughs> the numbers have gone down. Yes, Christmas Eve is hard, but it's a good way to spend Christmas Eve. And the game's at 3. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be over by like 6.30. You can get home by like 7, 7.30. You'll still have the whole night to like, drink eggnog with your family and mm-hmm. like play games or whatever, you know? So I think like that, that is something that um, the school needs to promote even more though, as we get closer. And, you know, I, the, the, the game is only going to do what it is. I think it's just, you know, it's kind of, it's an ESPN, whatever dummy bowl game, right? Standalone, whatever. And we'll just build on the fact that yeah. it's on Christmas Eve and it's in Hawaii, which are all unique selling points that ESPN loves. Oh my gosh, how crazy is that to market these <laughs> games? You know, I mean, what makes Hawaii unique? They already know, like Hawaii will easy. Um, Christmas Eve, you know, like that's a part of the quick branding and stuff. And I think that's why, you know, the game is special because it's on Christmas Eve as well. I went to a Christmas Eve game last year, the New Mexico Bowl that we played in in Dallas. And I loved being there to support Hawaii football, even if it was Christmas Eve. And even if I was far from home, it was, it was that, it was a cool, it was just a great experience. We're going to have so many Christmases in our lives. You know what I mean? It's like, um, and this one, how many times can you get to see your team, your favorite team? This is your favorite team. And we're saying, how we not have how many hardcore people we got to have that many who would say like, man, I'm definitely going to spend four hours of my Christmas Eve at UH watching this game. So We'll have another show before that next week, though, to talk about that. But Shane, any any final thoughts, Shane? No, uh, no, just um, yeah, looking forward to the bowl game. Uh, fortunately, I have a lovely wife that always looks forward to going as well. Yeah, <laughs> but like how we always talk about, <clears throat> I know for a fact that a lot of people aren't going because no more tailgating so i want to keep reiterating yes so that the school the legislator the the state or whoever's in charge they need to make sure this new stadium if it's built in 50 100 years whenever the hell is going to be built that they need to make tailgating a part of the football experience that is such a huge part of hawaii football and um so I, I just want to leave that out there. I, I'm also stoked with um, the fact that we got uh, pretty good-looking recruits, especially after the Twitter space. Um, so I know there's till Friday that we may still have some more um, recruits that possibly sign, but um, we just got to keep positive because I want, I want Bianco to stay. <laughs> Yeah. Even though Cordero's leaving, I wish him the best. But I'm sorry, Cordero. When we play you guys, bro, I'm gonna be cheering so hard against you. <laughs> I'm gonna like you throw four picks. Oh, <laughs> you get sapped two times. Oh, but I still love you and I wish you the best. But um, yeah. But always a pleasure being here talking with you guys. So. Yeah, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure with you folks. And like we said, I want to tie it back up to our Colt Brennan. Um, Mahalo to all those who donated. And yes, we always want to remember him and everything that we do here at the show and how we, you know, in in our in our in our program, we we hope that he always has a prominent place in the future program. Yeah, yeah. Shout out again to Fuse. And did you guys see she's such an animal? The day after the marathon, they went up Poco Hill. Oh, like, yeah, of course. Are yeah. you a freaking she robot is an or what, bro? I don't <laughs> understand. What the hell?
I fell down at the top this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Old man status, man. <laughs> wow, shit. I'll be in. Hey, you can't blame the steps now. Aren't didn't they just fix all of that? All no, of the steps. Well, they asked me if I wanted to carry buckets up there, and I'm like, no. But it was it was wet up. It was wet up at the top, and I just I didn't I didn't watch my step. And well, I good. You never carried a bucket. When it falling yeah. back down the the hill, or you even carry the bucket. It would waste time. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, we 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 have so much to do here. Um, to talk about in the you know this coming year as we close this 2021 even in our off season, um, but we're gonna keep growing. We have some merchandise. We're gonna have some all kinds of stuff. So stick around. Um, please encourage your friends to subscribe as well, so you always find out the the latest. And um, that's all I think we have today. Uh, so for Wayne Quito and Shane, the Lalo Head Agno and Sean Iman, we. Uh, well, see you next week. Yep. Aloha. Aloha. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.